Welcome to Season 3 of Should We? A conversation with friends about the everyday choices that make us. Brought to you by MailChimp. Hi, I'm DeReddy. In addition to working here at Slack.com, I also have a podcast, but it's defunct. So my podcast is called Snack Overflow. It's about snacks and computers. I only have two interests, everyone. Welcome to the first inaugural Should We Go Live show. Yeah. Thank you all for being here. It's great. We are going to get started with Sweet and Sour. I'm going to read a little bit about them to you. Sweet and Sour is a show dedicated to capturing the common threads and nuances of the Asian American experience, the sweet and the sour. In their episodes, they discuss topics as activism, education, relationships, food, family, media representation, language, Asian American relations to other minorities, and more. Wow, this is jam-packed. That was nice. Sweet and Sour is made by Katie Shu and Nicole Shu, two sisters living on opposite coasts. Ladies, do you want to come on up here? Okay, so I'm Katie. I'm Nicole. Sweet and sour. TLDR? You already heard. Great. Next. Okay, first. So um, I don't know how many of y'all have really listened to the show, but Nicole and I kind of just talk about random stuff. So we came up with some ideas for what we might talk about. I'm going to grab my wine, and then we're going to sit, and we can hang out. did not grab wine, so I... Yeah, you didn't think ahead, but you know, I'm up here <laughs> planning. Cool. So... Beauty and body image is something we've talked a lot about kind of within sort of Asian America and obviously growing up as two Asian American women um, sort of theme that we've talked about more in our like personal lives, but we haven't really done on the show yet. So for the live show. Until now. Until now. So in the spirit of should we and asking ourselves questions, a question that I've been wrestling with for a long time and Nicole knows this for like two, two plus years, is should we dye our hair? Blonde. Blonde. Like platinum blonde. Like hella blonde. I guess a little bit of context. So like two, maybe two and a half years ago, I was like, I'm bored with my hair. And really the only things I had done was like permit. In 10th grade, I actually got highlights because my mom didn't think I could perm my hair my hair, but she let me uh, get highlights instead. So I got these red highlights and then everyone was like, oh, are you Korean? And I was like, no, I am Chinese, but thank you. That's great. This is good feedback. So next time I won't dye my hair, I dye my hair red. Not that there's anything wrong with that for sure. I just was going for something more edgy and didn't really sort of capture, capture that with that look. And then a couple of years ago, I was like... An edgy Korean? I mean, there are edgy Koreans for sure. I definitely am not Korean nor edgy, so I like, did not match any of those buckets. And then two years ago, I was like, well, what if I dyed my hair blonde? And my boyfriend was like, yeah, that would be cool. I was like, yeah, that would be cool. And then Nicole was like, oh, I don't know. What were your thoughts when I first told you? I was like, I'm going to dye my hair blonde. I mean, my visceral reaction was like, how about no? Like, <laughs> but Say more. Why, why did you think I shouldn't do it? I mean, I, was just, I just kind of flashed back to, you know, as kids, we were... We grew up in like this really small town in Illinois and we were like the only, one of the only I think just like non-white families living there and a lot of the girls in our school, you know, are, you know, we're blonde, brunette and I think I just associate a lot of that with like 
wanting to to mimic whiteness, I guess. And I was and I was just like, can we can we not? Can you not? <laughs> That's another segment we have. It's just called Can We Not, where we yeah. ask, can we not do a thing? Um, right, right. So you were like, can you not? Yeah, but try to be white. Yeah, that was like my instinctual reaction because I just. I guess I have like American girl PTSD, but you know, but I mean, I think I've come around. I'm like more ambivalent now because I'm like, it is edgy. Like we've reclaimed it. Like it's not. Right. Yeah. That's the interesting part because I feel like, so ASAP Rocky had this music video for LSD. Yeah. And there was like a really cool, which stands for love, sex, drugs, dreams, drugs, whatever. One of those things. <laughs> um, and so he's in like Tokyo, obviously. And then there's this like, uh, I think blonde, uh, I actually don't know her. She's Japanese, I think. And she has like a clothing brand. She like runs Tokyo, basically. But she has this really, really cool platinum blonde hair. And I was like, oh, I want that. That would be awesome. So two years ago, I go into the salon in Japantown. I find this guy named Sho. And people on Yelp are like in love with Sho. They drive up from San Diego, where he used to live, to go get their hair done by him. I'm like, all right, this seems legit. Like, I can let Sho bleach my hair and that'll be fine. So I go in and he looks at my hair and I just permed it maybe six months ago. And so he was like... It's too damaged. It's too damaged. I was too damaged. I was damaged good. So he was like, yeah, if I bleach this, it might fall off. And that's like my literal nightmare because I also have thin hair. So one of the things I stress about is like having no hair. Bold. I was like, abort, abort. And he was like, well, I can do highlights. And I was like, hmm. I had some alarm bells from like the highlight situation in 10th grade. But I was like, okay, but like blonde highlights. He was like, okay, I'll like do my best. And then I got highlights and I came out and people were like, are you Korean? And I was like, oh, I did it again. God damn it. I like came in wanting to be like super edgy and came out with highlights again. And I was like, all right, cool. So I was just going to like wait, grow my hair out, let it like not be damaged. And now it's been like two years since then. So I like keep revisiting this topic of should I dye my hair? And I still don't know. I'm still afraid my hair is going to fall out. But I'm like, I know a bunch of Asian women who are fierce and awesome and have this like platinum blonde hair. And I like want to be edgy, you know? Well, I think it's, I think you should, you should do it if it's not going to cause all your hair to fall off. But it's like a big if. I don't know. And I was talking to another one of my friends. She's like, oh, you just got to come with me. Like, I go to the salon where they, like, use enough bleach to dye it in one session. And I was like, that sounds like the opposite of what I want. Like, I want it to go slow, like, just in case. I don't know. So that's, like, my question that I'm wrestling with. Do you have a similar question with your hair self? Or are you, like, happy with your hair? I think I'm mostly, I'm just, like, really boring with my hair. Mm. I, I did, a, I did like, a perm once. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Or, or whatever, like a, they call it like a digital perm where they like hook you up like strand by strand to like a machine. And it looks, it looks really weird. You can't move. Like you definitely can't move. But, um, but it, it, like, it looks good. But ever since then, it took, yeah, it took like a year to grow out and then chop all off. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to yeah. not do that anymore. Yeah. Lately, I went to the salon actually like two weeks ago. And you can't really tell. It was, not, it was only like an inch longer. So I don't know why I went to the salon to only get a good shot. <laughs> but, the, but the woman who was cutting my hair was like, oh yeah, do you want to do like a balayage? Like an ombre? Balayage. Oh, that, that, <laughs> don't, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to, should not, should not talk. Um, it's like a thing, yeah. Yeah, and so she was like, like the new ombre, right? Or something? I don't know. Ombre, yeah. I'm not going to try words <laughs> anymore. I'm gonna, that's different, different language. Um, but yeah, I was like, hmm, maybe I'll get that thing you just said. I'm not going to say that. Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. All so, right, we'll stay tuned. Yeah, we know that we're not mimicking whiteness anymore. Right, now we're like chasing after the edgy Asian-ness, like the cutting edge. So anyways, that's my like question, question for the night. Did you have a question around body image, perhaps? A little. Um, I don't really know how to phrase it as a... Sh- I don't know how to phrase it as a... Sh- phrase it as a question. We can just we can riff. We can go. Um, well, yeah, something that I've been, like, thinking a lot about has been... 
yeah, like body image and, and weight as like an Asian woman. I think we, we actually went to an international school um, in Beijing for, I, I was there from like fifth to 12th grade. And so, you know, like the most awkward, vulnerable teen years of your life. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, you know, I think like kids are mean everywhere, but I think it was like the fact that our school is predominantly also Asians um, and, and like very thin, petite Asian women, um, which, you know, like I'm not exactly that mold. I think like that, has had long-standing ramifications, let's say. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, it's hard, I think it's sometimes, like, hard to talk about where, you know, like, you don't fit the mold of, like, petite Asian. And I think because it's, like, Asian Asian women are, like, very, like, feminized and, like, in a weird way, like, fetishized. Mm -hmm. like, so I think it, it ties a lot to, yeah, like, femininity and, like, what that means for relationships and like your own sort of like self-confidence which is something that I've been like working a lot on the last few years and um and yeah I just I feel like that's just something I don't hear talked about super often but um I think could be I mean what has been the process for you in terms of like you know I know obviously in high school and stuff it was like a lot of the kids we went to school with were super stick thin but I feel like now a lot of the dialogue is I mean beyond just sort of like Asian American but like in general is Actually, Jacob and I were talking about this the other day, but like, uh, like plus size women models, and I don't think there's actually an equivalent for like, or as much of like a pop culture sort of equivalent for plus size like male models. But we don't have to dig into that right now. I don't think we have time. Um, but you know, there's like more of a, I think, a trend towards you know thick women. You know, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, like Rihanna's trying to put on weight too because there's sort of this move away from like um, maybe totally the sort of stick figure being accepted as like the only type of beauty. Um, what's that process been like for you in terms of sort of coming to terms with, you know, your body type and like embracing that and like feeling comfortable, especially in the mold of like Asian woman? I definitely think like there, there are a bunch of like really great, yeah, like role models I think now that speak out on this, which has, has helped a lot. The only thing that it is, it's really just there are no Asian women really that mm. speak out on it. Um, especially like no Asian American women. You actually sent me a Washington Post article about, is it? I did. Naomi Watanabe, she's like, Oh, yes, I did. I did. Really, yeah. Like speaks out on like body image a lot, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's like one of those things where I think it's just like the realization that like, you know, you're or there's a really great essay by Ashley Ford um, in Cup of Joe. It's like a blog online. And she like just writes about how like she a blog online. <laughs> Who am I talking to? Um, <laughs> um, and and she just, you know, writes about like her her sort of like body acceptance journey and it's and her boyfriend was like you know like I don't really care like your body is just contains the person that I love and like that's what, that's what counts and so I think it's more just like divorcing again like divorcing what your self-worth is from the flesh vessel that you carry around mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like love your flesh vessel like it's great it's you only got one you know it sounds gross but um I think we got to make some pins that say love your flesh vessel <laughs> Yeah. A next installment. Yes. Um, okay, so the last part, we do the segment every show. I was going to say every week, but we actually don't do it every week. We kind of do it whenever I have time. But Hella Asian, so this is a segment where we just talk about the stuff that we do, more interview our guests and talk about what they do that's Hella Asian. So, Nicole, what have you done in your life recently that you would classify as Hella Asian? So I have like this really fancy rice cooker the zoji rushi it is the elephant rushi. Yeah. yes it's yeah. great and it sings when you when the rice finishes it's like the most beautiful sound i've ever heard isn't it twinkle twinkle little star it is but it's coming from the rice and it tells you that you're ready to eat so okay it's better that's beautiful um, yeah and i i've taken to doing like these one pot recipes where you just put a bunch of 
stuff in a pot and it cooks all at once and it's amazing and it's so what kind of stuff lucky peach r.i.p lucky peach has this really good recipe for like this miso clay pot chicken with shiitake mushroom that i make all the time super good or uh there's like chinese sausage that you can just like throw in and steam and it also cooks and it's really good so sounds dope yeah one pot one pot recipes that's the way to go because shout out lazy shout out one pot what about you katie what yeah i was waiting for my cue thank you um yeah, so I feel like a really hella Asian thing that my mom used to do when we were growing up was, like, make us eat fruit for dessert. I'd be like, oh, my God, like, dessert. She's like, yes, we have dessert. And I was like, great. And she'd bring out just apples. Oranges. <laughs> Fucking orange slices. Whatever. Um, and that was fine, and they were good, but I was like, I have a really big sweet tooth, so I actually wanted the dessert. And so I always sort of, like, internally rebelled against that and would go get, like, actual, like, you know, Western dessert, like ice cream or whatever else. But recently at lunch, I've been having my own dessert after lunch, uh, I work at Medium, and we're very fortunate to have lunch in the office, and there's, like, this fruit bowl there that exists every day, but I always had kind of, like, disregarded it. You mean the dessert bowl? Yes, the dessert bowl, exactly. And I was just like, oh, whatever, like, fruit can miss me. And then, like, a week ago, I came back, and I was like, I should eat more fruit, and I've been starting to have it as dessert for myself at lunch. But then for dinner, I have my own sweet dessert. I have this, like, almond milk uh, ice cream sandwich thing. That's really, really good. So you could say it's both uh, east and west. Or sweet and sour, because some fruit is sour. Okay, cool. Well, thank you all for, you know, bearing with this situation. It's all been great. And um, you can subscribe to, uh, maybe next slide. So we use an app called bumpers.fm to record and edit our podcast. Shout out, bumpers. Um, So you can subscribe to our show on that website or, you know, this other ugly purple thing, which is the iTunes logo. You can subscribe on the Apple Store. And yeah, thank you all for, for coming out. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. Cool. How great was that? Yes. Sweet and sour. Yes. Awesome. Strong, strong work. Okay. I think we should get ready for the reason we're all here tonight, which is to hear Diana and Lisa talk to us. Our friends here at Should We? I don't feel like I need to introduce you all. You got it. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Diana. Welcome to Should We? A conversation with friends about the everyday choices that make us. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm so happy all of you are here. You're such a sweet audience. It's so lovely to look at all of you. And also, this is so different from what we usually do. I would say podcasting is really great for introverts because this does not happen on a regular basis. We literally go into a padded room that's dark and then just talk to each other quietly. Yeah, so. there's a lot of serenity there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But here we are with all of you. You've also distributed yourselves quite beautifully among the chairs, so it looks very full. Good, good job, good job. And we have a question today. Of course we do. Diana, my question for tonight is, should we help ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> so, as always, the follow-up question is, which level do we go to? You know? Right, right. Because I, I feel like there are a lot of different ways we could unpack the question. So, mm-hmm. let's unpack the question. Yeah. First of all, true confessions. We always pick leading questions. And we pick this one because we love self-help. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. For, for like our whole lives. Yeah. 
So that's kind of, that's what we want to talk about mainly. Like our love for Real Simple since the age mm-hmm. of 12, mm-hmm. probably. And Oprah magazine, but like as a nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, so that's what we want to get to. But once we decided on this question, I thought of a lot of other ways to read the question. So one could be like, should we help ourselves to the mashed potatoes? Or, yeah, yes, we should. Should we help ourselves to the cheese and the snacks? Should we help ourselves to resources that might be available to us? Should we take advantage of ways in which we could get help? And then I had this other reading of the question, which was like, what if the problem is not me? Sometimes we don't have to help ourselves. Sometimes it feels like we need to help ourselves, but um, maybe it's not about us. Yeah, maybe we're not the problem. Yeah. Um, But it's so fun to solve yourself. Yeah, right. There are endless problems to Mm -hmm. solve. Or opportunities. Opportunities. Right. Problem in the, like, generative Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. Um, What is the most helpful thing you've ever done for yourself? Oh, Diana. I mean, like every week we have new revelations and experiments we try. I don't know. What's what your most helpful thing? Uh, probably ask for help. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. You know, I was thinking of, of an example of when I helped myself once, but then I was I felt bad about it. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you that story? Yes, please go there. Okay, so there was this situation where I was working hard and uh, having a lot of trouble around communication, like having trouble speaking up in meetings and really just feeling um, paralyzed. So I got this email. At work, it was about a communications workshop coming up for women. And I thought, oh, I'm a woman. I identify as a woman, and I'm having a problem with communication. But then I was also like, but I can talk. Like, why? <laughs> why, why am I having the problem? And I haven't really had this problem before. I love talking. Even though I'm an introvert, I love talking. I'm a talkative introvert. So anyways, I was feeling like, uh, well, but I guess this is for me. So I'm going to go get the help that is offered to me. So I go to this workshop, it's at work in a conference room. I show up mad, I'm mad. I'm like, I shouldn't have to be here, but I'm here because I have to be here. I go in and sit down and everyone else is mad. Everyone's mad that they're there. (laughs) They're so angry. So we just spend the whole first session venting, like I'm not the problem. You know who should be here? All these other guys who are really loud and they never give me a chance to talk and they're always interrupting me. And we're like, no, you go. No, you go. Oh, wait, I'll wait for you. Tell me more. (laughs) Uh, So I came to that wanting to help myself but also feeling like I shouldn't have to. And 
I felt like it was a very interesting learning experience where I found that there were a lot of things about my environment that I just didn't have control over and that I weren't very conducive to my normal way of communicating. But I did learn tricks, and the best thing I got was a lot of camaraderie. Yeah, when you help yourself, you make friends with the other people who are reluctantly helping themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should we seek things that are support groups under other names? <laughs> <laughs> I can think of a lot of those. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but asking for help, getting help, like this reminds me of our, our phrase we have a desktop wallpaper for. Uh, I'm the common denominator in my own life, right? Like you're the variable that is constant wherever you go. And so when you're in a hostile environment or you're in like a healthy environment, it seems like having coping skills can only raise the level, even if there are lots of other things that are going on. I guess if you're helping yourself a if you're helping yourself and you get so good at helping, we're so good at helping yeah. ourselves, then at a certain point you start to know you, it helps to get good at helping yourself because then you know, like, I'm helping myself and it's not helping. And then you know it's not you. Right, yeah, you can eliminate that as a possibility. Like, do your best and then get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Diana, any other ways you would interpret this question? Well, I was thinking about like society's responsibility to people versus people's responsibility to society. Oh, tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, should we help ourselves has this, you know, flavor of pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. And that's not really a fair expectation. Not fair. So unfair. Like, recreational self-improvement, I'm all for, but... Like self-improvement, self-improvement as like uh, baseline assumption. I mean, what, why do we have to improve? Can't we just live? Can't we just be who we yeah. already are? Right, exactly. So helping ourselves should be optional. Yeah, totally. And also help is such a funny word. Like self-help or helping oneself has like a fun flavor for us because we associate it with O Magazine. Um, <laughs> like, help, like if I help somebody else without them asking, that's not always good. No, no. Diana, as we're sitting here, I realized that sometimes in our conversations, I play this role of just like, amen. <laughs> yes, I'm just going to repeat what you said. <laughs> we do it for each other. Yeah, yeah I like that. This is really related to our first episode of season three, Should We Change? Mm. You know, and like, should we change ourselves and how? We've been over, but like, what resources really help? Yeah, and do we have to? No, we don't have to. Only if we want to, and it will feel good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm thinking about this book, Playing Big, that we talk about a good amount. Playing Big is uh, a book written by a coach named Tara Sophia Moore. And I love it. I think about it all the time. She has a wonderful phrase, let it be easy, which we, is one of, our, uh, one of our dear catchphrases to each other at all times. I don't think a week goes by when we don't tell each other that. 
Um, so anyway, but the book was just so perceptive and like really got under my skin. Um, and then whenever I share the book recommendation with people, they uh, have consistently had a similar experience. So I feel like it's the most scalable way to support my friends in a deep way that I've ever found. Is to share resource, self-help yeah, resources. Yeah, totally. Um, this also goes back to a conversation we had in a previous episode about giving advice, though. Mm -hmm. so, so it's complicated. If you just know someone's struggling and you're like, here's a book about building confidence. <laughs> I see that you don't have very much confidence. I have had that. Like, you're not very confident. I'm like... Yes, I am. <laughs> like, of course I'm not confident. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> right, right. It's also like in order to give the book, you almost have to put a label on, you have to like diagnose the other person. <laughs> and that's, that's not really cool, you know? Like, uh, you're playing small. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be bigger. <laughs> right, right. I struggle with this uh, because with my coaching clients, I always send them a book when we start working together and it's like customized to whatever I think will uh, be of service to them. But uh, I really worry when I do it. I'm like, am I sending the wrong message? Like, is this cart before the horse? Because my coaching style and like most coaching styles are so much about asking questions and not about me saying, this is your problem, go fix it. On the other hand, you, you have uh, created this technique of putting books into the world mm. and seeing what comes back. And I think it is like a very, like a boomerang almost. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will, usually like the best thing I've found is to write about my experiences and share what I'm learning and mention the books that helped me. And then, and then that's really about me. That's not about anyone else. But if what I say matches their experience, then they can pick up on that and read the book. And then they feel they made the choice. They decided that it spoke to them in that moment. But then we get to connect over it because I already made that first move of like telling them it was a thing. Uh, I'm really glad you do that to me a lot. Just talk about a lot of books that probably are very relevant to me. And usually it takes a while, but eventually it comes around and I'm like, Diana, I found this great book. It's changing my life. And then it's like, you already recommended it three years ago. I would say The Artist's Way was that. I mean, I witnessed your process of going through The Artist's Way and it was really remarkable the change that happened in your life and all of the the deep um, uh, questions you explored and all of the cool things you did while you were working through this workbook and I was like not for me no not me I'm not doing that too hard it'll take too long but eventually I did it too. Uh, that reminds me that the reason I published uh, my experience of doing the artist's way eventually was because of a writing circle we were in, which was a support group by another name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Whoa, things are just coming around full circle. Katie was in it as well. Shout out Katie. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, I feel like a little frustrated with the term self-help. I mean, would you call it by another name? I'm really into growth and learning right now. Yeah, the plainer the phrase, the better. But as my dad likes to tell me, euphemisms just cycle. So whenever people don't respect something, uh, the, the words 
lose meaning over time. Right, right. So the name has to stick. Yeah, but why don't people respect self-help? Yeah, why not? I love self-help. No. There's some kinds of self-help that we hate. Yes. So what are they? (laughs) Because what makes the self-help we like likable? Hmm. Ah, yes. It's because it's about changing your perspective and reaching your potential, not changing yourself to fit in. Yes, right. I really hate self-help that's too prescriptive. Like you have to do this thing a certain way. If you only add this one particular behavior to your life or if only you just go away to a secluded place. For I, I've been reading all of these articles about like, Finding quiet and stillness is like my constant search. And I've come across articles that are about, you know, like, and then I went away to the desert, which I actually just did (laughs) recently. Or, and then I, but I moved to Japan and for some reason it's quieter there. (laughs) You know, my life is so much better, but I don't buy it. I don't believe that it should be that you have to extract yourself from your everyday life in order to find peace. Like there must be a way to bring it into your everyday life. So so I don't like self-help methods that are so constrained or require total upheaval. Yeah, I'm also realizing based on uh, that remark that I don't like posts from the day after someone does something (laughs) life-changing. The day after you feel like your life was changed, write the post. Don't publish it. Think about it. And maybe, well, we we don't give prescriptive. No, and we especially don't tell people not to express themselves. No, no. Express yourself. I'm saying it to myself. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I kind of want to believe that life that it actually never can get perfect, you know, so that I want to hear that there's still, oh yeah, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, it's like I want there to be struggle, but I don't want any struggle anymore. I don't, yeah. (laughs) Because struggle builds character, but character, very hard. Yeah, very unpleasant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, uh, New York Times bestseller several years ago, very meticulous cleaning method. And what I enjoyed reading that book, it was so opinionated. But as I read it, I existed in the mind of someone who had, had done it. She said, whenever I do this method with people, it never slides back. And, you know, their houses never get messy again. It's never happened. Every single client had a permanently clean home. (laughs) I read that and I was like, change is possible. (laughs) Permanent. Permanent change is possible. My faith is restored. But I really enjoyed reading the book because I was just in this headspace of like, yes, it is important for everything to be orderly. That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And that makes me realize another thing we have in common which is that we enjoy reading books about other people cleaning out their closets. <laughs> and never, ever, ever doing it ourselves. No. <laughs> we like the things in our closets. Yeah, totally. 
So we're almost at Q&A time, so start thinking about your questions. But before that, we have a few pieces of news to share. Oh, yes. We have exciting announcements. I'm really excited about them. Oh, yeah. The first one is that we are hiring an editorial assistant to help us with Should We over the summer. Should we get help? Yes, we need some help. And so if you know someone who would be right for that, you can write to us at hyattshouldwe.co. And then the second important announcement is that we are accepting sponsors for our next event, which is Groundwork. (laughs) It's a workshop in August dedicated to finding your message and your medium. I'm really excited about that. If I were not an organizer of that event, I would really want to (laughs) participate. Oh, and we have one more announcement, which is just that We'll take a little bit of a podcast intermission while we work on groundwork. So for a couple of months, your feed might be a little bit quiet, but don't worry. We're coming back. We're scheming. Yeah. Love scheming with you, Diane. Oh, I love scheming with you, too. (laughs) Is it that time? Oh, yeah. Who has a question? I have a mic. (laughs) This is a plant, but a good one. This is totally not a plant. You have no idea what I'm about to ask. So I've listened to both of your podcasts, and you have very different feels, like very different vibes. And the thing that I would call out and I would wonder to each of you is, so Should We is all about light and brightness, and there's never like a dark sense of humor as opposed to sweet and sour. But sweet and sour will totally bring the cynicism and I love it. It just is to like a different time of the day, like one's morning, one's night. And, and what about y'all? Are you into self-help? Are you into brightness and light? That is the thing. That is like my first question. You wanna start, Nicole? Uh, yeah, I've actually so I've actually read um, Marie Kondo's book as well, and I'm like kind of a fan. Um, yeah, actually I'm really I'm really into self-help, I think. Like I I think, I'm, yeah, my dark cynicism probably gets in the way of that, but I, um, I mean, yeah, I think, like, therapy is great. I thought that was never, it was, like, one of those things where I was always, like, oh, like, you know, it's, I think it's, like, great for people, but just never for me, and then I was, like, you know what, I'm going to go see a therapist, and it was, it was life-changing, and same with, like, group therapy and, like, other things, so I think, yeah, like, despite, I think, on our podcast, us being a little bit more sour than sweet, I, yeah, I like self-help, I just don't talk about it (laughs) so I think for me there's a difference between like self-help and like self-care which is kind of what you all were getting at in your segment which was like being prescriptive or saying you have to do something like this way and this is how you like help yourself and this is how you will succeed which I don't think really exists in life because a everyone's different and like variables and like people you know um but I do and like am a big proponent of like self-care which I think overlaps with like self-help and I don't think I mean self-care there's like the consumerism aspect which I'm also into but like also the I mean just like the the mental stuff too I think to Nicole's point I think we mask our uh, vulnerability and emotions with sarcasm so we definitely subscribe but we um, sort of portray a more dark and cynicism-y type exterior hardened from years (laughs) of Trials and tribulation. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, this is yes. our podcast. LDR, yeah. <laughs> Katie just like starts a sentence and then forgets. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like a really petty individual. So I just am like really petty and c- cynicistic. 
Cynical, thank you, thank you, uh, like always. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't subscribe to the other half. You know, yin and yang, sweet and sour. So, thank you. All right. Any, oh, hi. Yes. Hi, not a plant. I just completed <laughs> all of my podcast apps except for Breaker, and there are tons of different speed settings, which I really like. And I've been wondering, sometimes it's nice to just sit and listen to you guys talk at human tempo, but sometimes I like want to know like as quickly as possible what wisdom you have. And I guess I'm curious, are you prescriptive? Like, should we rush? <laughs> well, can I answer this question? So as soon as you said that and someone else earlier today mentioned like, oh, I usually listen to you at 1.5x. And I was like, huh? And then I was like, oh, oh, that's the thing. I've never used that feature. But I realized I'm a slow talker. So I'm a great person to speed up. <laughs> it's nice that you can do that in some context. Yeah, I, whatever you need and want, we support. And um, <laughs> I think that like one of my favorite pieces of feedback about Should We is that people listen to it as a way of inhabiting a supportive tone of friendship, like on their drives to work. And I think that the tone of friendship is most supportive when it's at its natural pace. <laughs> but I can definitely empathize with the, the aspect of suspense. Like, also, I should say, like, sometimes we never answer the question. So, like, there's nothing <laughs> the other side. There are a lot of detours. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? Yes. I was going to say, it seems like uh, both couples are kind of best friends in one way or another. And I was curious if you ever have arguments uh, on or off air. Oh, <laughs> we're going to get real. Okay. Well, so the other day, Nicole was like, okay, I'm like getting, she came, she lives in New York. So shout out her for like flying from like the other coast to come here. Um, but she was like, oh yeah, she's flying to SFO. My boyfriend and I live in Oakland. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be at work till like six, but you could like come to the office and we could head home together. And she's like, yeah, like maybe I'll just like go to Oakland. I was like, Bart's going to be hard. Like you can just take a lift. She's like, oh, like so expensive. And she's like just out of college. So she's like, you know, baby. I say that as, you know, whatever. Uh, with love, with love, of course. And then I was like, oh yeah, like I can, you know, get your like cab or like split it. You know, you'll probably be tired after a long flight. She's like, okay, yeah, great. I was like, uh, excuse me, a thank you would be in order. Like, thank you very much. And then I sent her this vine that is explicit. But if you look up you f welcome on YouTube vine, uh, you'll understand what I'm talking about. So I sent her that. She's like, ha, 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 thank you. And I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> our, I always feel like our biggest point of contention is you edit all of our episodes. And so I have like no control over when they come out. And I can only be like, hey, Katie, how's it going? How's it? How's the podcast like, going? Nicole, I'll do it when I have time. <laughs> yeah, so that's always a tense moment. I like never want to ask her like how things are going because she'll be like angry or a little unsettled, let's say. Um, my answer to this is that Lisa and I have been roommates for almost as long as you two have been sisters. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's basically the same. Um, we, know, we know each other really well, uh, and we know each other's patterns. And one of my patterns is that I come up with what Lisa likes to call multi-level schemes. So, <laughs> so, so it's not that we have a fight per se, but Lisa just knows when I'm doing it and also knows that the only way out is through. <laughs> and sometimes they work out. I wouldn't say we have fights. I would say we have tensions, mm -hmm. and they match 
the tone of lightness <laughs> that you have identified. And they tend to be very, like, supportive fights. Mm. You know, like, we have the tense moment, and then it's like, okay, we're going to talk about this at a healthy time for both of us when we're not hangry, and we'll make space for all the possibilities of what we might be feeling, mm. and then come to a solution. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's its own multi-level scheme in a way. <laughs> <laughs> and a process honed over years. Yes. Sh- sharing uh, walk-through bedrooms and everything. Yeah, lots of negotiation. So uh, continuing the negative vibe that Logan started, <laughs> um, what do you dislike most about each of your podcasts? <laughs> okay, for like me, look. I'm scared at how fast you walk. <laughs> <laughs> no, Okay. Okay, the thing I think I dislike most, okay, it's a tie between one, my voice, but I've kind of become desensitized to it now, but also the sound levels. I think we could do better. Our system is like, I hold a phone to the computer and Nicole's on the Hangout and I am on like the real life. And then it's like no sound level adjustment in the app that we use. And then like the actual bumpers, like the segues are like kind of loud. So like I listen to it and edit it and I'm like, ah, ah, ah. it's like up and down, you know, so that I would change. I think I'm the same. My voice also is one. Great, because we sound the same. So <laughs> yeah, we sound the same. So you only have one voice to hate. And remote recording, I think, is the biggest thing that's been a challenge for us, and we still haven't figured out like a good way to do that. And oh, just first. First promote. When's it coming? <laughs> um, so when we figure out a better way, yeah, to do like audio levels and stuff, that would be that'd be better. I very much dislike the twenty steps to publish every episode. Oh yeah. They're very repetitive, but somehow we can't streamline them. Like, I want an <laughs> IFFFTTT, you know? But like, you can't. There's no way to get it on the blog and the Twitter and the SoundCloud and the everything. It's really hard. Everything has different specifications. If anybody really needs a startup idea or something, <laughs> I would love that. And also like a real answer that's not just about logistics is because we don't script our episodes at all and we try not to talk about the topics at all beforehand, um, it's like we can get there, we can always get to the deeper place, but we don't always know how it's going to happen. And do you dislike that? No, Element I, of surprise? No, I like that, but it is, it, <laughs> it, is, it is like a little bit, what's the word? High stakes? Oh, yeah. Nerve-wracking. Yes, that's the word. Yep. And I noticed that I get the most out of our podcast when I listen to an episode like the fifth time. So like, <laughs> I would love to get more out of it on the first listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last one. Maybe a posy question. <laughs> then a high note. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm going to come over to you. Are there any podcasts you've been super inspired by in deciding to make yours? Diana looks like she has something to say. Oh, yeah. Well, we published our very first episode of Should We in the lobby of the Jewish Community Center of San Francisco at the live show for Call Your Girlfriend. Yeah, that was also a photo from the photo booth. There was also our uh, our podcast logo for a full season. <laughs> yeah. So Call Your Girlfriend is very inspiring. I like to say we're a cross between Call Your Girlfriend and On Being. Another favorite, yes. definitely. And Design Matters. Oh, love that. I think for us the biggest inspiration was Another Round, and we listened to that religiously, and it was amazing. And like the way they centered sort of the black women experience, we were like, that's 
so great, and you interview all these amazing people, and then we were like, there are cool Asian Americans that we could maybe interview. What if we made a podcast? Jeremy Lin, shortlist. Also, yeah, <laughs> Michelle Kwan. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, definitely another round I think was was huge just because like their conversational style is really great and they're like really good interviewers. It's super fun. Like it definitely sounds like you're listening to two really good friends that are drunk in the studio, which is great. It's interesting now. I actually was like binge listening to a bunch of podcasts on my way over here on like my six hour flight. And in retrospect, I think like there's some podcasts, uh, there's like one called Yo, Is This Racist? And there's another one called Racist Sandwich. Clearly there's a theme, but, but those are both, I think, like, they deal with, like, very similar topics that I think, in retrospect, our podcast also touches on a lot of the same things, which is really cool. So, but yeah, I think we are carving out another different space specifically for, like, Asian American women, which has been really interesting. All right. Well, I think the official part of this is over, but everyone should, I don't know, feel free to mingle. There are plenty of snacks. Uh, shout out to Slack, my employer, for this dope space. Thank you, Duretti, and thank you, Slack. Well, we have many people to thank. Should we begin with our patrons? Yes. Thank you to our patrons. You too can join the Love Hate Club at shouldwe.co slash pay. And we would also like to thank Yosh at Faultline Studios for recording and editing this episode. Thank you to the band Canada for our theme song, Hey Garland. Thank you to Math Times Joy for our identity. And thank you to all of our listeners who keep changing our beliefs about what Should We is for. Thank you very much. Should you tune in next time? We'll leave it to you. <laughs> <laughs>